Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. I don't care if Mondays blue. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday morning you showed the fire. Monday. Now, broadcasting from the Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Evidently, there is a place called the Baby Center, and they keep track of all sorts of statistics about babies, of course. And they just came up with the baby names that are not more popular, not less popular, but, quote, going extinct, unquote, in 2023. These names are just really falling off in popularity so quickly that they are going extinct. I'm kind of surprised about um, a few of them because to me they're nice names and and I seem to think that I I still hear them. But anyway, that's what their statistics are saying. They're going extinct and here they are. And let me just throw that out. There's one name you almost never hear. I don't know of anybody with this name. It kind of is like a 50s or 60s name and I like it. And if I were, uh, you know, just getting married and I didn't have any kids, I would consider naming a boy this name. It is a strong name. See if you can pick it out as I go through this list, okay? okay. All right, these are names that are going extinct. Hayden, Royce, uh, Caled. Wait, Hayden? I've, I've, yeah. Do you know Hayden's I know? Are you Caleds? I know. Paige with an I, uh, Nehemiah, Walter. Annabelle. I thought Annabelle was making a comeback. That's an old-fashioned name that's lovely. Uh, Leah, as in princess. Aria, Tegan, Kate. That's hard to believe that Kate. That is a classic can, can name, just, and you have the princess. Can I jump in here? Yeah. I don't believe. I don't believe the baby center. They speak don't. with a tongue full of lies. They are lying liars who lies. I know so many babies and people of all ages named these names. I don't believe these names are going extinct. Not, well, no, I mean, I, I they, they, they could be going extinct in 2023. Maybe they, they were popular for the last 10 years, I guess, is the only thing I can tell you that they, they've got their own research. And uh, I'm just I'm just the messenger here. Uh, Stephen, Cameron, Kane, K-A-N-E, Kenzie, K-E-N-Z-I-E. That's kind of a cute name. London, uh, Vanessa, Catherine. I find that one hard to believe that that's going out. Miriam, Seth, Wade, Hugo, Mira, Bradley, as in Cooper, Kobe, as in Bryant, Hannah, Joy, um, and finally uh, Kyle. Han- Kyle, excuse me, oh, excuse me, baby Santa, baby center. Hannah and Kyle are going extinct. It, no, it's hard to. It is hard to no. believe. Which, which name do you think uh, I found? Uh, an appealing for a boy's name. Did, did any of them pop up? A bunch of them, but there were so many that, I mean, I know, I know you're not naming a child Tegan. I know that, no. 
Um, no. And I don't think you're going to have a Kyle. I don't really no. see that. Or a Kane. Wade. Hmm. Wade. I have a brother named Wade. Yeah. You have a brother named Wade? Wade? Mm-hmm. I have a bonus brother named Wade. Yep. Is that right? Yep. He's very right? shy. Uh, very, I just, I just, it, it's almost a Western sounding name, isn't it? Well, he Wade. lives in a cabin in the West, so it kind of <laughs> works for him. It, is that where he lives? Really? Yep. He lives alone in a cabin that he built with his own hands um, near Jackson Wait, Hole. I, yep. I've never heard of this person. Uh, how is he related to you, Wade? So my stepfather, my Ted, my late stepfather, had four sons. One of them I went to school with as a kid, and he tormented mm-hmm. me endlessly, pulled my hair. Really? Works, right? I didn't know the that. The youngest. His name yeah. is David. And then my oldest stepbrother is Philip. He passed away. He came to my wedding. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And then my next stepbrother is Wade, and he lives alone in a cabin he built with his own hands, and he's painfully shy. And then the next one is Dale, and I just had dinner with Dale when I was out west a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Wade and Dale, boy, are those not Western names? These are right cowboys. out of the past cowboy names. Yeah, yeah well, these are cowboys. Exactly. Like Wade, yeah. my brother Wade is so um, he is so quiet and reserved. He is such a cowboy. Mm-hmm. He is painfully shy, and like I said, he lives in a house he built with his own two hands. Like he's the real deal. Yeah. In Utah, he's in Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, I had no idea that you have uh, somebody related to you named Wade. It's funny how I picked that name up, too, isn't it? I don't know of any Wades. I've never known a Wade except, like, in the movies. But there they are. It's a super common name out west. Like, I went to to school with a lot of little boys named Wade. A lot. Knew a lot of grown men named Wade. Yeah, it's a very common name out west. So, Yeah. yeah, it may be going extinct in Brooklyn, New York, but... There, those other names? I'm sorry. Get, get the baby center That's on the a, phone. They, I'm going to take them outside. They need to whoop. <laughs> all right, we got more on in the news coming up. We have some smoking hot tea on Billy Joel, of all people. We have comedian Corey Kahaney. And we're going to tell you that, that NASA's going back to the moon, and their plan is completely nuts. It is nuts. It's Bob and Sherry. Perhaps you or someone you know has suffered job loss or economic challenges. Bob and Sherry would like to help by filling the fridge of families with a $100 Visa gift card and a $112 gift card from our friends at HelloFresh. To nominate a family or yourself, simply go to the Bob and Sherry website and hit the contest tab, and we will anonymously read the winning entries on the air. And thank you for helping to fill the fridge with the Bob and Sherry Show. Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Sherry and I have been customers of HelloFresh for years and years, and we're so proud of them for coming up with Fill the Fridge. HelloFresh is offering a gift card of $112 to a family who are struggling right now. You know, maybe somebody's lost a job or somebody, for whatever reason, lost everything they had or they're just having a hard time of it. So to uh, nominate a family, and we're not going to mention who the folks are, by the way, uh, to nominate the family for not only the $112 HelloFresh card uh, to fill the fridge, we're also going to kick in a Visa card worth 100 bucks. Go to bobandcherry.com. That's bobandcherry.com and tell us who they are and we will fill the fridge. Sherry? You haven't heard the name Ghislaine Maxwell in a minute, and there's a reason for that. She's serving out her 20-year sentence in a federal prison in the U.S. for her part in a 
multiple, many years long scheme with her longtime boyfriend and master Jeffrey Epstein to groom and sexually abuse underage girls and traffic them around the world. Well, she's giving. <laughs> God, when you put it like that, you just say, uh, lady, why did you get involved with that nastiness? Yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. She gave a jailhouse interview to um, a British media outlet. And in it, she said that that decades old photograph of Randy Prince Andrew with the woman who accused him of sexually assaulting her, Virginia Jeffrey, Virginia yeah. Roberts Jeffrey, Virginia right. Jeffrey Roberts, I can't reach, is fake. Um, she said that the, she's never seen the photograph before. She doesn't believe that it happened. She thinks the whole thing has been doctored. She said, um, certainly, way, certainly the way it's described would have been impossible. I don't have any memory of going to Tramp Nightclub that evening. Meanwhile, Prince Andrew has been telling his con- confidence and people close to him, confidants and people close to him, that a mysterious development in the next couple of months will be restoring his reputation and that before she died, Mummy, that would be the late Queen Elizabeth, told him that his exile from royal duties, the royal family and Buckingham Palace, was temporary. Hmm. I now, think it's a real photograph. Oh, I think and it's I a real photograph, you know, too. I'm, I'm not an expert that can look at a photograph and say, well, this has been doctored. But it always seemed to be the real thing. And this is it took an awful long time for her to say or anybody to say, oh, that's not real. Yeah, that uh, they they somehow got a shot of a 17 year old girl and uh, they, they put it cozying up to uh, or he's cozying up to her Listen. with uh, the prince. I think that's a bunch of jailhouse malarkey. It, it, she has every reason to lie. I mean, come on. And so does he. He said that he did not know um, that Camilla would be replacing him as the Colonel of the Grenadier Guards, which I'm not really clear on all of what that means, but apparently he's real salty that he got demoted from that. He said that Mummy, Her Majesty the Queen, gave him her word that stepping down was a temporary measure and that he is going to be fully re- restored and everyone's going to owe him an apology. Don't, Don't you it. think that they all should uh, stop uh, referring to anybody's mummy? Uh, there, there needs to be a PR guy that says, I know that's what we do here in Great Britain, but the rest of the world thinks it's kind of creepy. Well, uh, an insider says that Prince Andrew is getting ready to launch um, a very dramatic attempt to overturn the multi-million dollar settlement that he struck with Virginia Jaffray. That he is getting ready, even though he signed that and the queen paid that, he's getting ready to try to overturn it. And he wants her to retract all of the allegations and apologize to him and give him his money back. And, and yeah, I, also, I don't think that's I also, I also would like to be on this year's prom court at Edgewood High School. <laughs> Go Rams. Okay. <laughs> that's how that's how deranged that sounds to me. But I know. Of course, you know, I, I fully believe they're all capital G guilty. And and Ghislaine, listen, I don't know why Ghislaine made the life choices she made. I don't know what terrible pain or trauma was in her background that led her to to these kinds of actions. Just lady, just do your time. 
Just do your time. She's in there for a long time, isn't she? I forget 20. the amount of years. How much? 20? 20. Woo! That's right. So she'd be, what, close to 80 when she gets out? Something like that, I guess? Yeah. yeah. He's 62 and yeah. demanding demanding that we accept that any minute now, his entire reputation is going to be restored. Well, I demand to uh, be the new bass player for the Rolling Stones. We'll see how all of that works out for all. Any of minute us. now, the phone is <laughs> yeah, going to ring, and that's yeah, going to be right. your dreams coming true. All right, we got yeah. more Rons in the news straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Check this out. We never seem to run out. Out of my way, you moron. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Her name is Lisa Marie Coleman. She is 58 years old, and the FBI called her the high-heeled hijacker. And why did they do that? Because she was wearing fancy high heels when she did her burglaries. And there were quite a few of them. One person she stole from described the woman as nicely dressed with high heels, but smelling heavily of body odor. So kind of mixed uh, message right there. Uh, The high-heeled robbery person, Ms. Coleman's, spree started when investigators said she approached a woman named Katie Otten, an employee at Galleria Houston in the mall parking lot and demanded money. The thief had her hand in her pocket, making Ms. Otten think that she had a gun. uh, She said, this is a robbery. I have a gun and I want your cash. She forced her way into the woman's vehicle and was like, all right, take me to an ATM. The hijacker then forced the terrified woman to drive to multiple ATMs before making a final stop at a grocery store. At a grocery store. I told her I wasn't going to leave Randall's pharmacy with her, the victim recalled. I told her, you have the keys. Take the car. Do whatever you want. Coleman took Otten's phone, keys, and $160 and left. Uh, Days before this, she was behind other robberies at a sandwich shop, a hotel, and a bank. Each time, a similar pattern. She'd walk in saying, I've got a gun. Give me the money. Well, they were investigating her for other crimes. She had an open sort of file for other crimes. And they went, hmm, this could be the high-heeled robber. And they went to her house, got her, and she is in jail now. My goodness. Well, you know, um, so many of us ever since the COVID lockdowns haven't really come out of sneakers and Birkenstocks. So let me give snaps to that girl for for getting back into her fancy shoes. Today's moron of the day is going to drive you insane, Bob, and every man out there that doesn't understand why people will not turn the lights off. This happened in Massachusetts. Um, The Minichog Regional High School, which is in Western Massachusetts, They have had no way for a year and a half to turn the lights on. A computer glitch has kept the lights burning at Minichog High School 24-7 for a year and a half. The only way to turn the lights off would be to unscrew the light bulbs or flip the circuit breakers and have entire sections of the building without power at all. In the understatement of all time, the assistant superintendent of finance for the school system said, quote, we are very much aware this is costing taxpayers a significant amount of money. Why is that? 
because they are burning 7,000 lights 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last year and a half Good in the Lord. high school. But they, they say that they hope that by the end of next month, they're going to yeah. figure out the computer problem that is keeping the lights burning 24 hours a day. I've never heard of anything like this before. Have you? Folks, we're hoping to send human beings to colonize Mars. <laughs> but if we can't turn the lights off at Minnetog Regional yeah. High School, yeah, maybe I don't not. know how optimistic I feel about that rocket <laughs> taking off for the red planet. That is Morons in the News. We'll post today's Moron of the Day up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. We've got comedian Corey Kahaney coming up. Oh, we have some hot tea. Hot, hot. About Billy Joel. Billy Joel has had a very dramatic time of it. I bet you don't know the half of it. We sure didn't. But straight ahead, the next time you open a fortune cookie, you're going to remember what we're going to tell you next. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. The next time you get Chinese food and you crack open your fortune cookie, here's a fun thing to remember. Fortune cookies for years, were all written pretty much by the same guy. Did you know that? No. His name no is Donald. Kidding. Yeah, his name is Donald Lau. He's the VP and Chief Financial Officer for Wonton Food Incorporated. And he has spent years writing literally thousands and thousands of the fortunes that go inside <laughs> the cookies. He That's said a he, talent. <laughs> he's done it for 30 years. He's written these fortunes for 30 years. And a couple of years ago, he said, I have writer's block. I'm done. We need to bring somebody else in. So the company advertised um, for a new fortune, fortune cookie, cookie writer. writer. It, pays, <laughs> it, pays, it pays pretty well. Donald uh -huh. said that, um, you know, it, it, it was never meant to be a job. Like he did it because there was nobody else in the company that could or would. And one yeah, thing yeah. led to the next. And it turned out that he had a talent for writing fortunes. And yeah. he said a lot of times, like he would, he would do a spin on something he'd done before. Like he might write something like, you are what you eat, but you don't look Chinese. Come here more often. If you got that fortune, you would laugh, right? right? Yeah. He did some yeah. stuff. He said that sometimes he would tiptoe into politics, but he would say things like, never run for president. You're not a good enough liar. You know, things like that, that were yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Yeah. kind of broad. Um, and so he's retired now. And other people are taking the gig on. But because he's written 30 years worth of fortunes, you have gotten a fortune from the legendary Donald Lau of One Time. This, is a, this is a movie. This is a movie. I think so, too. I think you know, so, too. It, it, fought, it follows this guy in his uh, remaining uh, few weeks on this job. And he is interviewing somebody to take his place. And it's um, it's somebody that is an English major that wanted to write his own or her own novel, and they can't get published. And now and they they're a fortune up, cookie writer. They're the fortune cookie writer, right? It's just such a cool <laughs> story. I had no idea that there. I mean, you knew that somebody was generating this stuff, but it's this one man. And people that work with him say that. Sometimes in the middle of the workday, he would burst out of his office and yell out a fortune to see if everybody liked it enough to keep it. 
How cool is that? His name is Donald <laughs> Lau. All right, coming cool. up, we're going to spill the tea on Billy Joel comedian Corey Kahaney. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Max was telling us something he read about Billy Joel and the women who inspired some of Billy Joel's biggest songs. And I was so shocked. I was so shocked. I I mean, I kind of knew that he, I know he was married to Christy Brinkley and, you know, he's dated a lot. But Max, you got to break it down. So um, his first wife was Elizabeth Weber who he had an affair with while she was married to another member of his band in 1970 before he ever had any big hits. Wow. So when the affair was discovered, she disappeared from both their lives. Then he decided uh, to try to commit suicide. Because of that, he was in a psychiatric hospital for a period of time. Wow. She came back into his life and said, look, I'll manage you. And he said, okay. And so she built a contract where she not only got 50% of everything he made as his wife, but she also got all the money she got as a manager and he couldn't touch any of that money. What? Yeah. So and, and that is the worst. Is the... That's worse than, than Colonel Tom Parker's yeah. deal with Elvis, which was terrible for Elvis. So then she got her brother involved and um, – and he ended up pilfering money. I'll get to that in a minute. This is one of the first songs that he wrote for uh, his wife, Elizabeth Weber. She's got a way about her. Remember this, yeah. remember this song? Yes. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I know what it is. But I know <laughs> that I can't live without her. She's she got a way. In the so, so knowing this about her. On her birthday, he wrote her this beautiful love song, a song that Paul McCartney said he wished he had written. I don't want clever conversation. Never want to work that hard. Mm-hmm. I just want someone that I can talk to. I want you just the way you are. So he plays this for her. He plays this for her. And what does she say? If you're a woman and a man has written a song this beautiful for you, what are you going to say? What any red-blooded American woman would say, do I get a back end on the publishing? That is what she said to him. Plus, she wanted to try to see if she could get a cut of these songs that she inspired by being the muse for these songs as well. Wow. She, th- that his he- band, by the way, I read something about him. 
Uh, I've never been a big Billy Joel fan, but I realize he has tremendous gifts. His band hated that, to have to play that song out of all of his songs when they were on the road. They just felt they were playing at a wedding. So, um, so he had a motorcycle accident after uh, around the time they were they were breaking up, and it it hurt it damaged his hand. So he is in the hospital. She comes with a new contract and says, "Look, I'll come back, be your wife, I'll, I'll stay with you, but I want you to sign this contract." And the contract was she gets a hundred percent of everything. What? <laughs> Hundred percent. She gets a hundred percent of everything, and and when he realized what was happening, he sent her packing for good, and so that was that was the end of uh, his wife Elizabeth. Now, uh, the I next- have I have got to see what she looks like. Um, I have absolutely no idea. I'm going to look her up and see what she looks like. Um. Okay, so um, he goes down to St. Bart's. For a vacation after his divorce, and he's playing the piano in the bar, and he is Billy Joel at this point. And there are three women who are also in St. Bart's who all throw themselves at him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The first one is a woman who became a pop star later but was not very famous yet, and her name was Whitney Houston. Whoa. (laughs) The next was a supermodel by the name of Christy Brinkley who was 28 at the time. Billy Joel was 33. The third was another supermodel by the name of Elle McPherson, who was 19 at the time. Yes. Three. Elle McPherson, Christy Brinkley, and Whitney Houston all hitting on him at the same time. Right. Okay. Wow. And so this is a song that he wrote. He ended up dating Elle McPherson, and this is the song he wrote for her. I spoke to you in cautious tones. You answered me with no pretense And still I feel I said too much My silence is my self-defense And every time I've held a rose It seems I only felt the thorn so it goes, and so it goes, and so will you soon, I suppose. So we're gonna this, have is to, this is for Elm wow. McPherson. Wow, let's let's break and come back. Who knew that Billy and Joel? I'm gonna. So I'll do a little tease on this. He wrote another song for Elm McPherson that you assume was written for someone else, and that's coming up. I just uh, I just pulled up the uh, picture of Elizabeth and whoever his uh, first wife, I guess. And she's a very attractive person. She has a look in her face that says, I'm all business. There's just something about yes, it. She was. Yeah. Yeah, she, she was. She definitely was. That's right. All right, more of this hot smoking Billy Joel tea next. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Hey, if you know a family that could use a little bit of help right now filling the fridge, and these are some pretty tight times, go to B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com and let us know. We will keep everybody's name private and concealed, and we're going to pick a winner every week and help fill their fridge. Our partners and friends at HelloFresh have kicked in a $112 gift card plus another $100 Visa gift card. So that should, that should take a dent out of it. Help a family fill their fridge right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I dot com. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you, Sherry. We're talking about Billy Joel in the last uh, couple of segments of the show, and he's still alive. Let, let, let me say, you have to say that these days. He's very much alive. He's he touring. Is not passed. He's touring. He's touring. That's right. He's back out on the road. And uh, I guess I guess his Broadway play, he had a Broadway play called Moving Out uh, that started in, uh, I think it was 2002 and ran for uh, many seasons. And I always thought that that's where his music belonged, was on Broadway. He just seemed like uh, a Broadway uh, composer more than a rock composer, despite the fact that he had all these big pop hits. Um, but I think it was just, you just think of his songs and they're perfect for a Broadway play. The play was about a, a kid in Long Island that was trying to get out of a tough neighborhood. Anyway, back to you guys. Uh, so, tell us more so, about Billy um, Joel. So Billy Joel is dating supermodels now, Elle McPherson, and she was the inspiration, for, and not Christy Brinkley, for this song. Uh-huh. Everybody thinks this is Christy no. Brinkley. She was in the well, video. Well, she was in the video. But no, she was famously in the video where he was a mechanic, and the song is basically a tribute to the Four Seasons. And she played the uptown girl with the long legs in the hot car. So, I thought it was about her, too. Billy Joel had this to say upon seeing a paparazzi picture of him and Elle McPherson. I look like Bubbles the Chimp next to her. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. I had no idea. <laughs> so, what um, a funny thing to say, though. I mean, honestly. Yeah. So, um, he ended up hooking up with Christy Brinkley, uh, his wife number two, and he wrote this song for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, and l- can I just tell you something? Before he broke up with Elle McPherson, um, somehow there was a moment, and this is backed up by the actor Nick Turturro who you've seen in a bunch of stuff, including NYPD Blue and all kinds. He was the doorman at Billy Joel's hotel when this happened, but Elle McPherson and Christy Brinkley showed up the same night. Oops. Wow. Uh-oh. He, wrote, Uh-oh. <laughs> he wrote this song for Christy Brinkley. This is the time to remember Cause it will not last forever These are the days to hold on to Cause we won't go it's an interesting love song, isn't it? Well, I mean, if I'm her and I'm hearing this is the time to remember because it will not last forever, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a guy with a, a long-term marriage in mind, does it? And he also wrote this song for uh, Christy Brinkley. You're only protecting yourself. I know you're thinking of somebody Someone who hurt you, but I'm not above Making up for the love You've been denying you could ever feel Wow I'm not above doing anything How many children did they have together? I so know they, they, had they only had one and so Just the one girl? The, yeah. the marriage Sailor. with Christy Brinkley yeah. Yeah. No, that's the other one That's, Alexa, the, that's the next Alexa one Alexa Ray yeah. Yeah. yeah, Alexa Ray was the one he had with her they, they think that this marriage broke up because of the bad business decisions he made with his first wife and her brother. He had to sue his ex-brother-in-law for $60 million to get the money back in order to fight Whoa. that. And because he had no money, he had to go out on tour. And it's thought that that's what ended up breaking up his marriage to Chrissy Brinkley because they were wow. apart so much. 
the amount of people who are so talented who have had money stolen from them in the music it's, business. It's, it's like the Elvis story again. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. And that's it. I'm not That's an amazing I tell you what, out of all his relationships, I think his uh, best relationship was with Elton John, who took him aside and said, I used to get drunk all the time and it wasn't good for me. I stopped completely. And I think, my friend, you need to do the same thing. Because they were on the road together with the Piano Man tour. And, and he talked uh, Billy Joel into uh, watching the sauce. So he's gotten married twice in that, since then. I have no songs from them, but the most recent wife was an ex-hedge fund manager that he married in 19, uh, 2015. Like strong women. You know he? what you have to say about Billy Joel? He's made of Teflon. Because if ever a man has earned the right to refuse yeah. to hook up again, it's this one. Seriously. Yeah, that's right. And he's that's like, right. I love love. Wow. Straight ahead. Comedian Corey Kahaney. They call her the funniest female comic working in America right now. I have a feeling you're going to agree. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Corey Kahaney. I have, I have two kids. I have a daughter. I have a daughter from my first marriage because I like souvenirs, and um, <laughs> I, haven't, I, have, I haven't been misleading. This is, I've been with my husband for, this, this, this husband I've been with for 20 years. I mean, you know, we're not newlyweds. I mean, we're still on our first bottle of Tabasco, but uh, you know, <laughs> that's gonna last us till the end. My daughter's in college. It's $63,000 a year to send this kid to college. 63000 for those of you with daughters, you will not be offended when I say that it is worth every penny to get that miserable human being out of my house. I would have... Oh no, did I say that out loud? I meant to just say... <laughs> if you didn't laugh at that, you either don't have daughters or you've forgotten what it's like to have a teenage daughter. You know, when you live with a teenage girl, you hear this sound all day long. You know the sound? It goes like this. <sighs> No room here. <sighs> I have not seen this kid smile since she was 15. That's not true. A few days ago, she smiled because I tripped. And uh, <laughs> you want to really feel sorry for me? Sixty-three thousand dollars, and she's an art major. <laughs> Almost worth it for that joke. Almost worth the money for that joke. Listen, she's very talented. I don't want to give you the wrong idea. She, for, she, she painted for me my birthday. She painted a still life of a bowl of fruit. Magnificent. You should have seen the detail. It was, I said, this is magnificent. And when I'm 80 and I'm eating cat food, I can look at this and remember fruit. So, I, like I said, this is my second marriage, but I'm also my husband's second wife. So, you know what that makes me, right? Yeah, the trophy wife. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at me like that. You don't know what the first one looked like. I, I could be a huge improvement. I am the trophy wife. Okay, fine. It was a participation trophy. <laughs> 
My friend said, Corey, so the second wife is the trophy wife? What do they call the second husband? I said, a retirement plan. That's what they call this. <laughs> you want to know how much I love my husband? You want to know how much? I had my daughter when I was 22, and I had my son when I was 42. Yes, that is love. Am I right? That is love. Some people think I'm making that up. I once came off stage at a comedy club and this cocktail waitress came up to me and she goes, she goes, how did you do that? <laughs> and I said, well, let me put it in terms that you might understand. Imagine that I was the first girl at happy hour, but I stayed till last call. <laughs> My daughter was not thrilled when she found out that she was gonna have a sip. I thought she'd be so happy. She was an only child her whole life. She's like, way at college. I call her up. I said, guess what? You're going to have a sibling. She was not thrilled. <laughs> Do you know what my daughter tells people behind my back? My mother's such a control freak, she had her own grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> and then my son heard this, and he got so upset. He goes, but what, mommy? When I have kids, you'll still be their grandma, right? <laughs> and I said, well, if I remember who you are. <laughs> But I'm having a great time with the, with the, with the little boy. He's a little boy, he's 16. He's such a, he's so cute. My son has dyslexia, which by the way, not the end of the world. A lot of very successful people have dyslexia. But when he was first diagnosed, they said, you gotta let him have his feelings. Everybody get, let him have his feelings. So I let him have his feelings. And he's moping around the house for like a month. And finally I, I said, listen, you gotta toughen up. Everybody gets a challenge in life. You just, you work hard, you persevere, you can overcome anything. And my son looked at me and he goes, well, did it work for you? <laughs> what do you mean, did it work for me? Yes, I have two kids that I love, a husband that I love, I have a job that I love, people like me. And he looked at me and he goes, not everybody likes you. <laughs> He's funny, right? He's funny. He's funny. He better be funny because he can't read. <laughs> that is so funny. That, that bit about having a teenage daughter, the sound that they make. <laughs> we'll post that up at B-O-V-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. I was on a uh, website that was a British website, and I stopped on it because they had a thing, 30 meals British people cook on rotation. So this is just something, you know, week after week, one of them is going to pop up. Tell me when I hit one item that is only British and probably not American. And here we go. Spaghetti bolognese. These are all on rotation. Certainly is in our house. Pizza. Pasta with a sauce. A roast beef dinner. Um, lasagna. Some sort of soup. Chili con carne. Chicken and rice. Burgers veggie burgers, a casserole, beans on toast, ah, omelet. Ah. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one, one, by the way. That's the that's one. The yeah. one. Max has yeah. eaten that. Yes. He has. On, oh, yeah. was, was it on toast when yeah, you ate it? Or was baked beans, sandwiches, and not only, I know I've talked about this before, but they have big slices of onion on top of it. Ah, raw onion. Wow. Did you eat it because you wanted to be polite? You have to do it. Was it open face or closed? It was open faced. So you have to eat it with a knife and a fork. And they and, and the worst thing about this family, 
they all acted like it was the greatest delicacy in the world. Of course they did. Ah. Oh, that sounds so, so nasty. Well, congratulations. You got it all. The only ones left, omelets, a stew, and a steak. This is Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's cleanorigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's cleanorigin.com, code RADIO10. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. We do a feature called Things Bob Didn't Know, and it's it's one of the easiest features that we do every <laughs> single week, and uh, we're, we're very proud of it. And I, I did one, I think it was about a week ago, about a woman who survived a fall of 75 floors in an elevator in the Empire State Building. A uh, plane hit the Empire State Building. Something went awry, and it fell 75 floors, and she survived. And Max tells us that we have a talk back. Someone was listening and has a comment on that. And if you'd like to join us, just go to wherever you get your apps and uh, punch the little microphone and leave us a message just like she did. Here we go. Hi, this is Joyful in St. Cloud, Minnesota. And um, I was just listening. I'm a little behind. And you were speaking about the elevator and the lady who survived after the plane crashed into the building. My ex-husband and my son both worked for Otis Elevator Company, and I believe the story goes that the elevator hit the um, building, severing the cable that keeps all elevators from plunging to the ground. So the idea that you could actually... um, be in an elevator and then plunge to the ground is just for movies. It's not something that can really happen. However, it did happen one time when that airplane hit that building. So thanks for all the great uh, days and times that you give me. I love it. Well, that was very well, nice. And, and at, at least, uh, you know, I was right with uh, my history there that that one time it did plunge. That You know what's amazing about her call? The husband and the son both work, and it seems like for their whole careers is what it sounds like. They both work for Otis Elevators. Hey, there's a job with its ups and downs. You know what I mean? Oh, God. No matter what. Hang on. You know what? what? uh, Give him something. Hang on. Hang on just a second here. I'm not going to (laughs) bang. I'm sorry. You got any more? I'm no, I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm pretty much done and, and and satisfied. I'm very pleased with myself. Has its highs and its lows. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. 
but there's amazing. always you, ne- you never hear you never hear of a of, of a of a, a son going to work in the same company his father works for unless it's like you know they own their own plumbing company or something like that. I'm just glad to know that this can't really happen now. Didn't yeah, that me give too. you some peace mm-hmm. of mind? Yeah, you know, we, had, that, we had another call, and, and she she went into talking about electromagnets and all kinds of stuff about it. So so yeah. that is it is an unrealistic fear. Okay, unless a plane good. hits the building and severs. But you know, I wish- so so many of my fears are unrealistic, and and I'm sentimental. Yeah. I don't like to let go of them. You know, I've got mm-hmm. so many. <laughs> seems seems kind of crazy to start shedding them now, right? Um, I saw a tweet. I screenshotted this because I knew you would like it, Bob. It's from a guy named Jeff, and here's what mm-hmm. his tweet said. He said, "My son asked what taxes are." So I gave him a bag of M&Ms and explained that he has to give some to me. And I know how much he has to give me, but he has to guess himself. And if he guesses wrong, he goes to prison. (laughs) (laughs) That is what's called parenting, my friends. That's called parenting. Yesterday afternoon when we finished up working, I had to call. I'm self-employed, so I pay estimated quarterly income taxes. Um, estimated quarterly income taxes are the worst thing in the world for someone who is math impaired. And I am like seriously math impaired. So I, um, I, I owe them a payment, but I didn't know, I couldn't figure out how much to pay because the last quarter I sent the state a payment and they sent the whole thing back and said, you overpaid. And I was glad to get it because it was Christmas time. Right. So I was happy to see that money. So I was confused. I called the State Department of Revenue and I got a really nice guy on the phone. And I said, I just, I know I need to pay something, but I'm not sure what. Here's the number from my letter and here's my social. So he pulls my account up and here's what he said to me. He said, well, it looks like you have a penalty for underpayment of tax and also a refund for overpayment of tax. So what you'll want to do oh. is figure out the difference between those oh, two numbers no. and that's what you owe. And I, I said to him, can you not, do you not have a screen mm-hmm. that has a box with a number in it? Mm-hmm. And that's what I owe. And you could tell me what that number is. And that's he what said, I would have said. And he said, it's simple. You have a penalty for underpayment and a refund for overpayment. And, and I said, no, no, I heard you. I understood the words. I don't understand how to do the math problem here. Can you not tell me what I owe? And, he, and he, he tried to tell me the same thing again in a different way. And so finally I said, do you have a computer screen in front of you that says my name and then a number? And, and I have to give you that amount of money in dollars. And he said, oh, no, ma'am, we don't have anything like that. You and know, I so, have to tell you, though, Cher, this this does sound pretty simple. You take the biggest number that you owe and then the, the other number that uh, they owe you and you just subtract. What, but it's what's not. The issue? Why couldn't he it, do that or why can't you do that? Because that's because one is one tax year and one is the other tax year. Oh, and it's God. not. Yeah. It, I'm telling you, Jimmy's on the train. He's going to Chicago. He's got a bag of oranges <laughs> and he's got to give some to Tyler. But Tyler's a bag of these. And <laughs> so so I finally said to the guy, "You, so you can't tell me what I owe. He said, oh, no, ma'am, I can't do that. I said, do you understand how difficult it is to be an adult? And he said, that's the first thing you've said today that I did understand. <laughs> did he really say that? Good for him. We had such you know a good time I, together. Yeah. Here's what here's what here's what I don't understand. People like you and I and, and our listeners, 
We pay our taxes. We struggle with stuff like this all the time. And yet there's some bags in New York and other places, and they owe millions of dollars. And they don't don't go to jail. And they don't pay it and they don't go to jail. Yeah, they don't they don't even get in trouble. No, they don't. They they don't even get yelled at by anybody. No. So yeah, that's how taxes work. You have to guess the number, and if you guess it wrong, you go to prison. Coming up, there's no GPS on the moon, and you're not gonna believe where the astronauts are headed. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Numerous women got together and did a post. When you see these things in a guy's apartment, don't just leave, run. And I hadn't thought about a bunch of these things. And I've been around women a long time. And I have, you know, friends who are women. And I never thought about a few of these things. You walk in there, maybe it's an early date, and you see any of these things. These, these women say, get out of the place right away. Let's start with this one. This woman says, having worked with social services, if the bathroom lock looks like it's been replaced several times, don't go back. Oh. That is so interesting. So Ooh. somebody went into the bathroom and locked themselves in, and then the door got kicked in and the lock got broken, right? Like, a, like one of those chain bolt locks. Don't, go, don't stay around there at all. Uh, This is advice from the director, John Walters. We need to make books cool again. If you go home with somebody and they don't have any books, don't get involved with them physically. He put it a little bit more colorfully. Next one. Once went on a date with a guy and went back to his studio apartment. So it's one room apartment. There was a security camera on the wall that had the bed and the whole living area in view. Didn't know him very well. Red flag. I left. Red flag? Are you kidding? The whole room is red and on fire. What? The guy's Mm -hmm. got like a little amateur adult entertainment rig going, Mm -hmm. it sounds like. This next person has a dark sense of humor. If there's plastic over the guy's furniture, that only means one of three things. He has extreme OCD. He's repainting. You're about to have your organs harvested. (laughs) (laughs) I once dated a guy who had a six-inch marijuana plant growing from his damply disgusting bathroom carpet. It wasn't so much the weed that put me off. It was he had shag carpeting in the bathroom. I totally get that. Who puts carpeting? I, I was with someone once. We built a house. She had a friend who was an interior designer and I came and looked at what she was uh, doing with the uh, primary bathroom. And I said, you're going to put carpet in here? That's a terrible idea. They fought me on it. You know what? It was a terrible idea. It makes no sense at all. I think when you meet a person who has shag carpeting in their bathroom, you're meeting someone whose judgment is poor. And that may, yeah. that may not be a deal killer. But yeah. you have to understand that you're going to spend the rest of your life with someone whose judgment is really, really is questionable. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no soap in the bathroom at the guy's place to wash my hands. Ooh, oh. That is disgusting. No cleaning supplies. Toilet cleaner, dish soap, dish rack, mop, broom. Uh, it, it, it ju- you know what it comes down to? If you are a somewhat clean person and you come upon somebody that doesn't have any kind of cleaning products in their place, 
there's, there's no mop around or anything. That is a big chasm for the two of you to come together down the road. I don't care how hot the, uh, the physical thing is right now. Down the road, you're going to have just nothing in common with cleanliness. Well, you're going to have to accept that the burden of that's going to fall on you because right. you have chosen to, you have fallen in love with a dirty, unkempt person who's happy right. that way. And mm-hmm. that's the part that you have to understand. Like that person is happy living in a house that is way too dirty for you, Bob. That's so right. you can love that person and you can have an amazing right. life together as long right. as you understand that right. they're, they're never going to see it the way you do. They're, they're going to up their game a little, but it's never going to be the same. You're right. Now, this next person also has a dark sense of humor. When I go into a guy's place, there are three things that I have to study. He's got too many mirrors. He has too much erotic art. And he has a half-completed suit made out of human skin on a tailor's dummy. Yeah, that is uh, definitely a heads up and time to move along. Lots of pictures of his ex. Oh. Come on, bud. Come on. She's gone. You've got somebody who's nice enough to come over to your place, right? And you're leaving these pictures out there? Now, if the kids are in it, it's a, that's another thing. Holes in the in the wall. Oh, no. Oh, I'm oh, out yeah. the door. Big, big. Holes. That is a big one. No hand towels, papal towers, any towels, anything to dry my hands in the bathroom after I wash my hands. And uh, some of the other ones, are I can't even... Uh, I can't even talk about because it's so disgusting. I don't know what's wrong with us as men. Oh, here's here's one. Um, there's an in-depth hobby. It's not necessarily a bad thing if somebody has anime figurines or sexy calendars. But the question always is, why do you have so many? <laughs> a major hobby. <laughs> it's true. And boy, those hobbies ain't going away they ain't I, going away either. You know what, though? I would rather you had a thousand Lego Darth Vader's and a clean bathroom than yeah. a filthy bathroom and no Darth Vader's. But is it one or the other, you know? Is it one or the other? I think it says a lot about my taste in men that the answer for me is yes, Bob. It is one or the other. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is brought to you by State Farm. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this shit. It was the summer of 69 when Buzz uh, Aldrin and Neil Armstrong landed on and walked on the moon. Wow. Five more Apollo missions followed over the next handful of years, landed on the moon. And then we stopped going to the moon. Now, 50 years later, NASA is sending astronauts back to the moon within the next probably year and a half. And you're probably thinking, oh, piece of cake, right? I mean, look at all the cool things we can do. We have a space station. We have, uh, we're, we're testing, you know, to send people to Mars. We've got that Kepler space telescope taking pictures like of the big bang. The moon is like nothing, right? Think again. It is so hard to land on the freaking moon that it will blow your mind. And you know I love the space program, so check this out. Okay, for starters, there is no GPS that works on the moon. There is no GPS on the moon, and that means a couple of things. 
Um, because there's no satellite network encircling the moon, and there's no like cameras looking at the moon, when they go to land on the moon, they they really have to use like their eyes and their instincts and their training. In fact, um, at the very first moon landing, Neil Armstrong grabbed control of the Apollo lander because the, the computer on board the ship had led the crew to this field that was just covered in freaking boulders. You cannot land on a boulder because chances are good that if you accidentally land on a boulder on the moon, you're going to live a very short life and die on the moon. They're never going to be able to get you back. There were all these, when Neil Armstrong grabbed control of the lunar lander, alarms were going off, lights were flashing, a fuel gauge was saying, fuel running out, fuel running out. And there is Neil Armstrong trying to manually land on the freaking moon, and they did it. Well, that 50 years ago experience has not really changed. We have a couple of things that we can do now. We have some modern technology that has a camera on board the spacecraft that's taking pictures of the ground and mapping it and doing math and calculations to help them avoid landing on a boulder. But there's still no guarantees. Here's the other reason that getting onto the moon is so hard. There's no atmosphere. So like when spacecraft re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, part of the reason that, the, that they're on fire is because the friction from the atmosphere causes so much heat. But mm -hmm. it's doing something really powerful. It's slowing the spacecraft or the meteor or whatever down. There's no atmosphere on the moon, which means the only way to slow down is to hit the brakes, except there are no brakes on these spacecraft. Instead, they release propellant that kind of um, helps them navigate and change their trajectory and slows them down that way. Problem is, there's a limited amount of propellant that they can take because space, everything is such an issue. Everything has to be as condensed and compressed and small as possible. And they cannot afford to make a mistake. They literally have one shot to land on the moon because they don't have enough propellant or fuel or time to make a mistake and do another rotation and come back again. Think about that. And that's today. That's not even 50 years ago when they were literal space cowboys. Here's another thing. The astronauts for NASA's new mission, which is called Artemis, are going to land inside a moon crater at the lunar south pole. Why? Because they think that there's a lot of ice, which is another way of saying water on the moon, ice and other minerals and valuable resources in the the moon's south pole so they're going to land in this create in this crater but check this out at the south pole of the moon the sun never passes overhead it's always near the horizon there are these really long shadows that make it difficult to figure out what's happening on the surface not just for the astronauts human eyeballs but for that those terrain navigation cameras so they're going to land in the dark shadowy, frozen, completely unknown South Pole region of the moon inside a crater. Now, I recognize that most of humanity is way more interested in who gets the rose on the next Bachelor. I get that. But human beings that are made out of meat are launching into space to try to visually land on the freaking moon, and they're going to do it inside a crater in perpetual darkness.
Yes. Wow. That is impressive. You know what else is impressive? Buzz Aldrin, the great Buzz Aldrin, one of our original astronauts, just turned 93 years of age and got married to a gorgeous blonde who is 63 years old. He's 93 and just got married. He is going to be going where no 93-year-old man has gone before. And I cheer him on. I he was so like happy teenagers. for him. He said, we're, we're like teenagers, 93 years old, and she is an absolute knockout. They've been together for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I love that someone who's 93 years old is making a lifetime commitment yeah. to their partner. Yeah. That well, just gives you, that is pure romance. You yeah. know, we, we had him on the show and he described that because those spacesuits were so big, they broke mm-hmm. a switch inside that lunar lander. And he mm-hmm. had to manually put a piece of a pen, a ballpoint pen in there in order to land it, their first landing on the moon. These guys are beyond human. They really are. They really are if you, supermen. If you uh, listen to my new podcast, True Weird Stuff, um, you'll hear lots of cool things about the space program because I'm addicted to it. All of it weird. All of it true. And the fact that a human being had to use a ballpoint pen to get on and off the freaking moon, it certainly makes you realize that you probably don't need to be a giant bag of these when the drive through forgets to give you ketchup. Am I right? Can I get an right. amen? Amen. I'm going to post this up on Facebook. Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I do not get Architectural Digest, but for some reason, some of their stuff shows up in my news feeds, and they had a thing about tiny apartments for sale in New York City that are just gorgeous, and there are about a half, half a dozen of them. I'm going to pick out just a couple here. They're beautifully decorated, um, you know, Italian kitchens, gorgeous rugs, beautiful draperies, wonderful furniture. The thing that gets me is that you're never far from your bed. Your couch is right at the foot of your bed, which looks at a fireplace or a TV. This one is a few blocks from Carrie Bradshaw's apartment. It is 457 square feet. So it offers a taste of sex in the city living in New York for $1,149,000. Once again, 457 square feet. And it goes on and on with this article. They're gorgeous. The way they're decorated is beautiful. The amount of space you get for this amount of money is shocking. Here is 768 Fifth Avenue, and that is the former Plaza Hotel, which is now just called the Plaza. This place is decorated like Louis the uh, 14th, uh, 476 square feet. So what would you say that is? A pretty good size living room slash dining room area? I'm, that, I'm that no good with that kind of stuff, but that sounds about right. It sounds in a, in a regular home, so very small. 11-foot ceilings. Now, the upside is... For 476 feet, you're living at the plaza and you can take, you know, a niece or a daughter and you can make like Eloise having tea at the Plaza Hotel. But you're going to have to cough up for 476 square feet, $1,495,000. So for what is 
basically the size of a closet for some people. One and a half million dollars, and you get to live at the Plaza are Hotel. There, are there enough surviving Russian oligarchs to make these deals happen? Because I'm starting to wonder. The way there, they're falling out of be, windows and whatnot. There must be a lot of musicians who need a crash pad. That's what they're called uh, in the world of, of music. A crash pad in New York City where you just go, go to sleep, then go to work. They're beautiful, but good heavens, price per square foot is unbelievable. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. So while I was hate browsing the frozen food section looking for something really ghastly to feed my unappreciative family, and uh, pizza buns, apparently everybody in the room wants a pizza bun now. (laughs) It looks delicious. Have you ever really stopped and studied the TGI Friday's frozen appetizers you can buy at the grocery store? I've seen them, but I haven't studied them. Like the baked potato skins? Yeah. Baked potato skins, if you're at TGI Friday's and mm-hmm. you're having you a big old adult beverage and they bring an order of baked potato skins to the table, mm-hmm. you're going to dive on those things like a rabbit hog. They're, they just they're, they're impossible to they're ignore. They're cheesy and salty and chewy and bacon. bubbly and bacony and hot. Mm-hmm. and They're everything that bar food should be. Yeah. But, but I don't want them at home. Mm-hmm. I want to go to TGI Fridays. It's like it's, to like, have them. See, it's like seeing your parents in school. It yeah. just doesn't seem right. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto for the mozzarella cheese sticks in the frozen food section. Those need to come. Don't you think? Like right out of the fryer. I think so. It's never going to be as good. You it's know, it's not going to be as good. And then you're 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 hate eating all those calories when mm-hmm. you know at that point if what you're going to eat is a bunch of nasty bar food. Get you to the bar. Eat the nasty bar food fresh out of the fryer. It's it's like you're you you trick yourself. Your mind tricks you into saying, "All right, you're at the sports bar. You're not. You know, you're not eating a lot of vegetables here. They don't even have a lot of vegetables here. So you have to eat those potato skins, and you're okay with that. But you're right. Once they invade your home, there's something different about the whole situation. They're not as good. They don't belong in your home. And they're not as good. It's like, it's so weak sauce. It's like you're trying to, it's like a love doll. It looks kind of like the real thing, but the experience is just (laughs) not there. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) I I, I know that's your favorite line with me. What is wrong with you? I'm in the middle of, I believe, an 11 day full on nervous breakdown. Well, what can we do? I, I, it can't, nothing can be done. How about a pizza bun? <laughs> <laughs> you might, might like that. You know, like when I see the way you guys react to pizza bun, I realize that I was having a moment of temporary insanity and that perhaps pizza bun is a very, very good thing. I'm not saying it should be a staple of your diet, but the, how, the idea that you were, you were so caught up in what your family was rejecting that you cook. And I agree, it would be maddening because I see it at, at my own house. Um, 
but you wouldn't give yourself the pleasure of the pizza bite. I had to just, hate, I was hate just starving. Just a bite, and you, you might have felt better I emotionally. Sherry, even when you're being rageful and you want to punish them, you still have good taste. You see what I mean? It's so unfair. <laughs> and part of the reason I think that I was having such a crazy day is I, I didn't have time for lunch. I think my blood sugar was so low that I was actively hallucinating. That's very possible. And then I was so upset and mad that I right. hate starved myself and just <laughs> made everything worse. But I want to tell you something about the pizza bun, Bob Lacey. Mm-hmm. It was small. Oh, really? Yeah. It looked like, it looked like a, uh, like, I don't know, double the size of a cupcake? No, I, I was. Wasn't it was disappointingly big? small. Oh. You'd need to eat, you would need to eat four of them. And yeah. then you're going to feel awful about yourself. You're yeah. going to be like, oh, I can't believe I ate four pizza buns. I'm gonna, I'm a hog. I'm a pig. I'm going to die. Then I'm checking the sodium content on the box. There's a lot. There's a lot. Oh, my God. If that lady that left the message about sodium. <laughs> I know. As a matter of fact, they don't, they don't take... There's 486 milligrams of salt in there, Bob. <laughs> I guarantee you, they don't use the number on the pizza on the pizza bun. They just put a lot. You know what they do on the nutritional information for fat calorie sodium? They go, you don't want to know. It's a pizza <laughs> yeah, bun, that's lady. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well... Um, here's the real, so now do you want I'm to know angry the re- at the pizza bun both for existing and not being bigger <laughs> you know the really bad news for you in this this is what you do to me so I can do it right back to you right now you know what the really bad news is these people are driving you crazy they won't eat what you want you give them this stuff and they're eating it enjoying it and then you go crazy in front of them by saying I'm not going to eat anything that they don't care they don't care yeah here's why they got pizza buns. And there was more for them. Yeah. Because that's what those people do, and you know it. Skimp like a bad poor, a skimpy pizza bun. True. Weird. Stuff. One of the world's most famous tourist attractions has a very dark past. Every artist and entrepreneur has to start somewhere. Why not with a basket of freshly guillotined heads? True. Weird. Stuff. New episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you get your podcasts. And now available on the free Bob and Sherry app. (laughs) Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. (laughs) Is that that Cooper Mojo? That's that's Cooper. Is that Cooper? Max and Bridget have rescued an old, um, blind and deaf schnauzer. He's, he's not and, blind. He's just oh, deaf. Oh, he's not blind. He's just deaf. Um, sorry, I was projecting Sam Nash onto this. Um, Cooper doesn't understand that we're doing a show because he can't hear and probably wouldn't listen anyway because it's not his kind of thing. That really isn't his kind <laughs> of well, thing. Well, he's, he's, he's no worse than my kids when they were growing up. They didn't understand I was doing a show either. I wasn't um I wasn't going to mention this but Cooper Barking just reminded me so um over the weekend I went on like an organizing tear and I moved around a bunch of stuff and got rid of some things and sorted some things and packed some things away and I I wasn't thinking about Sam who's blind now and deaf so I'm in the bedroom and I'm folding some clothes and Sam comes wandering in and the layout has changed slightly. First, he ricocheted off oh. of a cardboard box. Oh, no. Then he bounced off of a table. 
Then he walloped himself on the side of the bed. And then he kind of looked around like, he looked around like, what? And he just sat down right where he was. And I felt so terrible that I tried to remember how things were so that I could put it all back so that he could navigate his way around. It's it's like he's in a pinball machine. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry about the barking. No, it's okay. It's so hard to see them. It's so hard to see them get older. And one of our listeners posted on Facebook and it made me so paranoid and crazy. And I didn't need another spoonful of that, by the way, but here we go. This is coyote mating season. And if you have small pets, small dogs or cats, you cannot let them out dusk and dawn, like the, you know, the earliest and late, you know, like when the sun is going Mm -hmm. down or coming up. You cannot let them out unattended because a a coyote on the hunt to rut will eat your pet. And Sam is exactly the right size to be eaten by a coyote. And he's blind and deaf. So there's no way he's going to see or hear anything coming for him. And please don't say, what about his sense of smell? There's nothing about Sam that has that has any survival instincts wired into it. So since I read that and I'm reading this post and I was like, oh, my God, it's coyote mating season. I had no idea. I can't let Sam out. The first comment under the post was, we have a missing cat. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to sleep all night. So now um, because he's blind and deaf and insane, now I can't leave him unaccompanied for just a second. But thank you, Cooper, for stopping your barking because this wasn't even what we're going to talk about. My This Day in History app this morning while I was getting ready for work told me that on this day in 1487, this is January 30th, bell chimes were invented. And my first reaction to that, not to be a Bob, my first reaction to that was, oh, my God, how do you know? Like, isn't that awfully specific? January 30th, 1487, bell chimes were invented. And if you're wondering what a bell chime is, I had to look like, is it a specific kind of bell? You know, like handbells in church? Yeah. Can or you play a, a bell, bell chime for us, Max? Yeah. This was invented in 1487. Don't you find it spectacular that in in terms of history, because, you know, when you think about deep time and how long the planet's been here and the fossil record and all of that. About a second ago, human beings were like, I have invented the bell. And today we have artificial intelligence, realistic um, robots. I saw a flying freaking car at CES in Las Vegas. Now, it doesn't look like a car. It looks like a giant drone. And it doesn't have very much distance in it. And it doesn't get very high or go very fast. And they're only marketing it to like big farms where you have to be able to get out into a field even oh, if yeah. it's like flooded or raining or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that makes sense. Like a minute ago, some guy was like, <clears throat> honey, can I show you what I just invented in the basement? And now we have like a flying vehicle that farmers can use. It's pretty I think you're amazing. right on the invention of the bell. I think it was one of two things. I think it had something to do with the church service, probably in a Catholic church, or a really rich landowner with servants. Uh, oh, the uh, gravy's a bit cold. Get cookie to, <laughs> would you bring this to cookie? I have a cookie, warm it up. No, throw it away and bring me, bring me new gravy. Could be something like that. They were always, weren't they always, especially over in England, weren't they always ringing bells and the staff well, would have course, to come in and wait on them? 
Yeah, after the the bell was invented, I just love yeah. the idea of like, wouldn't it be cool if time travel was real and you could go all the way back in time to January thirtieth, fourteen eighty seven, to see the wonder and delight on the faces of the people when the person who invented it picked it up and shook it, ding ding ding, and it that noise sound, came yeah. out. And a pretty yeah. sound came out. And right. you can go, oh, those pathetic. Blah, blah, blah. But it's not that different for us with, you know, like virtual reality headsets. The people of the future will look back on us and go, you want to see something cute? I found this video of people from 2023 figuring out how to use an AI chatbot. Look how cute they are. They're so primitive. You don't have to go back very far. You can just go back to Pac-Man. Have you have you looked at uh, for whatever reason like a, a history clip or something, and Pac Man comes up? You talk about something that is basic, but people so were addictive. going out of their minds. They were going to bars to play Pac Man. But I get it because there's a pizza place near my house that has a Pac Man game, and it's free. You don't even have to put money in. And really? people just wait their turn to get they on there and it. play Pac-Man. You yeah. can so buy fun. them now, and they're not terribly expensive. But they're, they're so basic compared to what you could do on a computer. Oh, now. That's yeah. My, that's my point. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I had to have a little comfort TV binge. Um, I, I don't know why there's no reason for it that I can point to, but I have been missing my girls a lot, maybe because we got to spend a bunch of time together over the holidays and I got used to having them around and hearing their voices and sure. I don't know. And it's January, which is like the most hateful month of the year. I, I just got, mm-hmm. it was like, I got spanked with a melancholy paddle and was just like, I really miss my girls. <laughs> So I thought, you got to snap out of this woman. You can't be, you can't wallow in this. It's not good for you. So I decided to have a little comfort binge and um, watched one of, uh, like six episodes of one of my favorite shows, The Office. And I caught the episode, I was just jumping around on YouTube, and I caught the episode where Michael buys a condo. And boy, you want to talk about cheering me right up and snapping me out of it. So if you've never seen this particular episode, he buys the condo and it's a it's a nice condo it's like got cathedral ceilings in the bedroom as he points out to Dwayne the actor who plays the real estate agent in that episode is Steve Carell's real life wife Nancy no is and that the, right and she is like so the chemistry between them in the scenes where they are together it's mm-hmm. great she's so good so here's what happens michael is really excited to become a homeowner bob but he has misunderstood the idea of how the mortgage works. He mm-hmm. thinks he's getting this incredible condo in Scranton at this price. And it's a 10-year mortgage. In 10 years, it's paid off. And here they are. They're getting ready. They're at the closing. It's time for Michael to sign the papers. And the realtor, played by his wife, Nancy, says, so let's just go over the paperwork again. Um, it's a 30-year mar- mortgage, 10 years fixed. And he's like... Yeah, a 10-year mortgage. And she said, no, no, it's a 10-year fixed, 30-year mortgage. And hes you can tell that he's confused. And Dwight explains, well, Michael, that means it's you have to pay for it for 30 years, but for the first 10 years. 
And now he's like, uh, you know what? We need to take another look at this place. I, I, I think there were more windows when I, what happened to the windows? And he tries to get out of the deal and he's like blustering and bluffing. And there's this excruciating pause. And the realtor says, you know that if you walk away from this, you're going to lose $7,000 right now. I guess earnest money or whatever that is. Right. And, and you see the look on his face. And he realizes that he can't afford to lose the seven grand, but he also cannot afford this 30-year mortgage on the condo, and he's doomed, and there's no way to go. He signs the paper and becomes a homeowner. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen on a sitcom about what it is to actually buy a piece of real estate. Because yeah, if you, it is it's frightening confusing sometimes. and frightening, and that truth and lending statement, which Michael was seeing for the first time in that episode, no one oh. has ever read that in the in the history of homeownership, not once. What he was what he was getting was uh, a, a rate that was attractive for ten years, but then after ten years, it's wherever the market is. So that's the ten, gamble. Ten years, thirty. Yeah. Ten years fixed, thirty year mortgage. The genius of the writers of that episode. When you hear, if you don't know, if you're not really paying attention, Michael was busy looking at the uh, the jacuzzi in the courtyard or whatever. When you hear um, ten years fixed, thirty year mortgage, it's easy to it's easy to get confused. One of the ways he tried to get out of closing the deal was, where uh, where are all the attractive people? I was promised that there were many attractive single people <laughs> in this complex, and I'm the best looking person I see here. You know what that you know what that is. I just read this. I just read this article the other day, in I think it was in the New Yorker, and it was called "Mixed Emotions," and it said that most of us, with really important things in our lives, like buying a house, like proposing to someone or accepting a marriage proposal, like getting a job, most of us don't have an emotion. That is completely 100% positive. You have mixed emotions on almost anything and it can wear you out. So he's got, he's got the classic mixed emotion. He wants this condo. He wants this new life for himself. And yet the aggravation of figuring out the finances and what they really are weigh heavily with him. And that mixed emotions article, I, I want to talk about it on the show not, in not too much uh, of a future, not too much in the future, um, really opened my eyes. It is so true. Almost everything that you do, you have mixed, even watching a miniseries on TV, you say, could be good. I'm kind of interested in that kind of gangster sort of thing, uh, but I don't know if I like this much you have mixed emotions and the same thing with relationships oh and jobs and yeah. any i think anytime you're making a big decision that involves a risk or a change mm-hmm. even if it's a a wonderful change and a and a moderate risk you're going to go into it like uh, i think this is the right thing Right. But is there any better feeling in this world than when you make a decision and you know in every cell of your body it's the right decision and you're so excited to be making it? And the minute you say, yep, I'm committing to that, 
you get this rush of like happy adrenaline. I don't know how many times in your life that happens, but it does. It doesn't happen a lot, according to this psychiatrist who wrote this. But, uh, you know, it does once in a while. Most of us accept that you have to have mixed emotions. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. The invisible house in Joshua Tree in the Mojave Desert is for sale. What is the invisible house? You might have seen it in Joshua Tree before. It's been featured on Netflix's The Most Amazing Vacation Rentals. It's been visited by celebrities like Lizzo, Demi Lovato, not to mention countless influencers. It is in the Mojave Desert, and it looks invisible because the house is one long rectangle. Rectangle. It's freaking spectacular. And it's mirrored on the outside. It's in the desert. It's surrounded by desert. So when you look straight at it, you are seeing the reflection of mountains that could be, uh, you know, a couple of miles away. But you're looking at the desert over the top of the invisible house, and you're looking at the house, and all you're seeing are mountains. It literally disappears. And it is, I've never seen it before. It is amazing. And right now, you can buy it for $18 million. $18 million. When I saw that it was for sale and I looked at the all the photos of it, I never wanted $18 million to buy a house more. It is it so does, much. I'm going to post you. it. Yeah. It's it so you. my jam. I'm going to post it up on our Facebook right now so you can see it. It yeah. is really, it is unbelievable. What must it be like? It's not just that the house is insane and incredible. The, the natural setting around it, Joshua Tree. The view. To wake up every beautiful. day and go to sleep every day to that. Oh, I know. God. Yeah, let me let it, me post that up. Yeah, it's worth seeing. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.